If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A woman in West Virginia recently had her wallet returned to her nearly 55 years after she lost it at a high school dance. That's not all she lost, said her 54-year-old daughter. Wow. What? It's a sex on prom night joke? Is that what that what? was? I think I lost my glasses in an Uber. Is there any chance of getting them back? I left yeah. my glasses in an Uber. Sure. I think I just finally figured that out last night. They she, they keep really good records of who you rode with and that sort of thing. Okay. What you'd think they'd reach out to you, but eh, maybe you got an apathetic Uber driver. Coming up, the most amazing, one of the most amazing political Stats I've ever heard that will explain a lot about our current politics. So stay tuned. First, a couple of sports notes. One, not really sports. That poor football player whose heart stopped on the field the other night. The Buffalo Bills have said that Hamlin's doctors report that he appears to be neurologically intact, which was the question everybody had. I mean, because they can get you, keep you alive. But did your brain lose enough blood and enough oxygen that it no longer works? So they're saying... He's okay, and that his lungs well, continue to heal. So, Yeah, there are a lot of subtleties there, though. When he comes out of it, what what will his capabilities be? Will he have lost any intellectual capability um, or physical yeah, he, or whatever? That's right. You, you wouldn't have to take many percentages off the neurologically intact to be affected, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. The brain's a delicate thing. The other just sports version of the NFL is just a few weeks ago, it seemed like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers two of the biggest stars in the last 20 years of football were not going to make the playoffs because their teams sucked. Well, now they're both in the playoffs as the Packers won last night. And uh, so they're going to make the playoffs and Tom Brady won the division. So there you go. Some of your favorite names in the NFL playoffs. What are they playing seven days a week now? Uh, Why did I just see that announced? That I just saw it on ESPN. They said as uh, of last night. I don't know what happened. I don't care, honestly. I don't follow the sport. I just read it off of ESPN. 
Yeah. Anyway, the Packers are in the playoffs. I saw Aaron Rodgers on Bill Maher's show. Have you watched Bill Maher's new show that he's got, the podcast, where he's sitting not. down in the you basement? You keep saying how good it is. It's yeah. it's really entertaining. I've We're watched so many right episodes. And he has on a variety of... He sits down in his basement and he drinks and smokes pot. Sometimes toward the end of like an hour, he gets way too giggly. He just giggles at everything his guests say. Wow. But like he did a full like hour and a half with Mark Cuban... Um, you know, talking business and politics or, or Aaron Rodgers talking vaccines and the government's role in that and stuff like that. I, I, I found it all quite fascinating. Hmm. But again, it gets a little giggly as he gets fairly deep into the pot at some point. <laughs> wow. <laughs> kind of Sober as a judge speaking for ourselves, by the way, folks. So here is an amazing stat for you. I remember last year I was pitching as maybe the most amazing stat, and it still is amazing, that three-quarters of Democrats and three-quarters of Republicans think the other side is out to destroy America. Mm -hmm. If that is our current state, well, then obviously it's a zero-sum game, no-holds-barred, you got to do whatever you got to do to win. I mean, if you actually believe that, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I think there's more truth on one side than the other, which is not surprising because I'm a conservative. But if you look at especially the left half of the Democrats, uh, you know, body politic, their their wing, their left wing, most of the things they want are undoing American institutions. So I think I've got a pretty good case. So here's another one of those that would explain why we're playing this like it is a zero-sum game and like everything is on the line. They did polling on whether or not you think the other party would support murdering someone to get their goals accomplished. (laughs) Okay. And then also uh, surveyed people as whether or not you would support your party murdering somebody to get goals accomplished. So you get the perception of the other side of how violent you are, and then, you know, you actually ask the actual parties how violent you really are. And similar to the other numbers, um, they're kind of in line with each other. I mean, they're not, not, not that much difference between Republicans and Democrats. So the first question was, would you support an assault on a member of the other party? Would you support that? I would not. I would not, re- I would not support anybody physically attacking a democrat or somebody with a different political ideology me absolutely freaking not no over way politics yeah over politics clearly yeah. well neither would most anybody else who's on my side only 3.3 percent well, let's call it four because uh, it averages out almost the same between democrats and republicans only about four percent of each party would actually support somebody in there you know who agrees with them physically attacking somebody on the other side boy and if you do you're troubled you really are troubled but what's the perception the perception is as a republican about 60 percent of republicans think that for instance democrats would absolutely support attacking a a republican physically so the reality is four percent but the perception is 60 percent and it's about the same for both parties. I mean, it's 58 for 161 for the other, so it's within the margin of error. So isn't that, I mean, 
where did we where did we come to that? How did we come to that? Is it from the media? Is it the perception we get through Twitter? Is it just our own biases or whatever? And then that's just assaulting. Take it to murder. For hey, just just out of curiosity, okay. did they did they ask? Would you do you think a typical Democrat? Is in favor of this or Democrats in general? I missed that wording. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Do you All think right. Democrats? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Would Fair support a physical attack on a Republican? So mm. our perception is, oh yeah, the other party, and this is true for both parties. So I can just say the other party. Our perception is the other party. Yeah, about sixty percent of them would be okay with a physical attack on a member of my party. When the reality is four percent. You take it to murder. Practically nobody actually supports a member of their party murdering somebody. Good. Thank God. It's 0.7% for Democrats, 1.8% for Republicans. And again, that's within the margin of error. So it's basically, it's within the margin of error. It's zero. So you could call it zero would be fine. But the perception is almost 50%, almost oh. half. You believe about half of Democrats would be okay if uh, if they murdered a Republican, or the reverse, yeah. about half of Republicans would be perfectly fine with murdering AOC. No, it Ugh. turns out practically nobody would be okay with that. Wow, wow. That fits so beautifully with a great piece David French wrote uh, recently on New Year's Day, when he should have been hungover. Uh, <laughs> it, it, the title is Activism and Apathy are Poisoning American Politics. The subtitle, We Cannot Delegate Our Political and Cultural Engagement to the Angriest Sects of American Life. But if, if, if the average Republican or Democrat believes that, one, the other party is clearly out to destroy America, and they would be perfectly okay with murdering somebody like me, well, then, yeah, politics get pretty rough. Yeah. And become pretty, you know, top of mind. Yeah. And the wow. reality is just not that. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it is. It, there was this uh, survey uh, from the folks at More in Common, which is one of those organizations that's trying to bring people together, obviously. But they asked people of uh, Republican bent that are viewed Democrats and vice versa. And uh, the negative qualities they we assign each other with are just astounding. Um, Republicans' views of Democrats. Uh, how many uh, think how many would describe Democrats as brainwashed? 75%, and it's 89 among devoted conservatives. How many uh, lefties consider uh, conservatives brainwashed? 75%. And among dedicated lefties, 88%. The numbers are practically so, identical. So here's another example of the numbers being practically identical for both parties. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, that's really interesting. But only one side's excessives and stupidities get covered. Which is a little uh, unfair, obviously. You know, the takeaway I have from this, and I wish, uh, you know, I wish we had all day to talk about this stuff because I think it's so interesting. But one of the takeaways I take from this, that's really, really redundant and repetitive, Joe. One of my takeaways from this is that as a conservative, you see the progressive types, the aggressive progressives trying to teach your kids garbage in schools, garbage about America and about race, garbage about sex and gender. That's a very small group of Democrats. Most Democrats, most average neighbors, friends, co-workers, the parents at your kid's school, putting aside Northern California and a couple other places. Uh, most average Democrats don't believe in that crap. They think it's scary and it's nuts. 
the influence, though, of the hardcore activists is wildly outsized because of what they do for a living, which is teach and write and that sort of thing. Um, and so I would love to see more reaching across the aisle um, and joining together with reasonable people on the left side of the aisle to, to root out some of the most insidious of this stuff. One caveat, though, to what I'm saying is because the Democratic Party has been forever since they dropped racism as their unifying principle in the mid 20th century, what it's been is a uh, Jax described it as the what is it the NATO of of special causes or or of uh, uh, niche interests where the hardcore gay rights people never criticize the abortion rights people who never criticize the we want a generous welfare state people who never criticize the green energy people etc. They've made this vow of unity, even though the one thing has nothing to do with the other. So sometimes it's hard to get uh, progressives, liberals to be honest about this stuff. We do have a problem, though, where uh, a Republican, if they're going to picture a Democrat, they picture uh, they picture a person with pronouns at a drag queen story hour. That's the typical Democrat. Oh, and, that reminds And me. every Democrat pictures the typical Republican. Every one of us was storming the Capitol on January 6th. Wearing a moose hat. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, run, run clip number 12, Michael. This is actually uh, from Libs of TikTok, which is progressive people. Not dating trans people is not a preference. Not dating blondes is a preference. Not dating people who are, I don't know, shorter than 5'6 is a preference. Not dating people with brown eyes is a preference. Being trans is not a specific characteristic. Thus, you can't label it as a preference. That's just called bigotry. No one's forcing you to date trans people, but don't cover up your discriminatory bias in the name of preference, because the logic doesn't add up. Like I've said in many a video, the logic of transphobia never adds up. Yeah, so if you don't want to date a transgender person, you're a bigot. But, but okay, that, what percentage that, of the population believes that? But, right. So, but that's that that's craziness and everything like that. But that's the whole nut picking nut picking thing that we do on both sides, where we pick out the craziest person on the other side and hold them up as the Democrat or the Republican, and that's how we get to these weird numbers. I guess. Yeah, except on the right, we don't have this agreement that we will we will never criticize our own nuts. We got a wonderful email from a listener the other day uh, talking about how he listens to like three, I think it was three conservative radio shows. And we have some pretty strong disagreements with each other. But that's one of the great things about conservatism. You're allowed to. Right. I, I don't have to agree with Tucker Carlson on Ukraine to think he's absolutely right about teaching transgender crap to third graders. Yeah, we're running out of time. But I did think about this last night when I, uh, Sean Hannity and Lauren uh, Boebert getting into it. On, on his show, I thought, when's the last time you've ever seen this on one of the lefty channels Never. where you had a Democratic host arguing with another Democrat? Like, really getting to it. Never! I can't think of one example. Happens all the time on Fox, if you don't know it. We got more on the way. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Disgraced cryptocurrency exchange founder Sam Bankman-Fried pleaded not guilty yesterday in federal court on a series of charges including money laundering, which, from the looks of him, may be the only thing he's ever laundered. (laughs) True that. Slovenly young man. Mm. Gross. Bad need of a haircut and some tummy crunches. So uh, just as a quick follow-up to the last segment, talking about how few people are on board with the really woke stuff. It seems like, you know, because they're so heavily in the media and education and entertainment, you think it's everybody. It's not. Now, that's not to say they're not dangerous and they're not in control of a lot of stuff. But in terms of the sheer numbers, it's not that many. This news got no coverage whatsoever. Uh, Came out two days ago. The 11th Circuit Court of Appeals ruled 7-4 that a Florida public school district's bathroom policy based on biological sex does not violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment or federal Title IX law. The Supreme Court ruled that? Uh, The 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. The 11th Circuit Court, okay. Yeah. Uh, In uh, Adams versus School Board of Johns County, they reversed and remanded the district court, blah, blah, blah. In the majority opinion, Judge Barbara Lagoa wrote, quote, This case involves the unremarkable and nearly universal practice of separating school bathrooms based on biological sex. This appeal requires us to determine whether separating the use of male and female bathrooms in the public schools based on a student's biological sex uh, violates those two uh, constitutional clauses we were talking about. We hold that it does not. Separating school bathrooms based on biological sex passes constitutional muster and comports with Title IX. So I don't know my courts. Is this the last stop before you would get to the Supreme Court? Yeah, the circuit courts, yeah. So, huh, do you suppose it's headed there? The circuit courts of appeals, I should say. Um, They probably won't take it. No, they'll say, no, you're right. There's no reason to take on this case. All of those non-gender bathrooms that I go into on a regular basis, like practically daily, are unnecessary legally speaking. Yes. Yeah. 
depending, to, you know, not to get overly legalistic about it, depending on state law, because the states can uh, pass laws right. saying you got to have one or, or whatever. Um, on the other hand, it certainly weakens the case of somebody who wanted to resist boys and girls bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, if Because you can absolutely make the case, hey, uh, boys and girls, uh, when their genitals are out, get separated for damn good reason, have for virtually all human history. And uh, and we would like to continue that. The people who say, oh, no, it's discriminatory, it's hate, it's hate against transgender children, who, who mostly are just confused adolescents anyway, uh, they have a, a considerably weakened case. But again, you probably didn't hear this story anywhere. Prince Harry has a book out. Oh. Is there... No end to the appetite some of you have for him and his wife and the royal family? I mean, is there no end? <laughs> I mean, there's a documentary that came, like a 10-part documentary that came out of what? And then this book, just. If a fly was vexing me and Harry's book was next to me, I would pick it up to squash the fly. <laughs> it's the only circumstance. If you miss an hour, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think we can say pretty conclusively after looking at tens of thousands of emails over the course of these weeks that the government was in the censorship business in a huge way. Uh, That's, I think, provable now. Uh, And not just one agency, really every conceivable wing of the enforcement uh, agencies of the U.S. government were in some way or another sending moderation requests to Twitter and in many cases those requests were being fulfilled and they were coming from everywhere from every place from the NSA to the HHS to FBI, DHS, 
uh, and even what they call other government agencies, which I think is code for the CIA. So we have yeah, reports from all over, from states, from police departments, everywhere. That's Matt Taibbi talking to Tucker Carlson last night. Taibbi and Barry Weiss, who's fantastic, Michael Schellenberger and a couple others have been teaming up to go through just reams and reams of uh, emails and documents and, and tweets uh, as uh, Elon Musk is thrown up in the Twitter files. And what they've discovered, and and he described there, and this extends to Facebook and Google and even Pinterest, for goodness sakes, is that multiple government agencies were reaching out to the social media platforms and telling them, hey, yank this account, quash this tweet, yank that account, soft silence that account. And as always in the history of censorship, they went way overboard. And of course, this is getting no coverage except for on Fox. Yeah, and, I know. And, and, and so the, the thing you just heard there from lifelong liberal, I would even call him a progressive, Matt Taibbi, um, the only place he can even get on the air is on, like, Tucker Carlson on Fox. The New York Times has no interest in this. Or CBS no, all Evening of a sudden News. they're calling him uh, conservative, newly minted conservative. What does that mean? Conservative means you're against censorship? Well, okay, <laughs> I'm a conservative, and I'm against censorship. I guess that fits. It's crazy. Actually, Taibbi addresses that, too. Play a 23 for us, Michael, and then we'll get into some of the specifics. I think a lot of people uh, who are sort of politically on that side of the aisle um, are missing the boat on this. They don't understand the gravity of the situation. They're thinking about this in partisan terms. It's not a partisan story. This is a story about the architecture uh, of the intelligence community and law enforcement getting its hands on speech and on the ability for pe of people to communicate with one another through platforms like Twitter and Facebook. And they're doing this in a very profound way, much more serious than I thought it was uh, at the beginning of this story. And one of the reasons you study history is to get a little perspective on things like this. Most censorship, not all, but most of it in societies like ours that is turned out to be evil and wrong and condemned starts with a reasonable basis. Sure. Is Vlad Putin trying to mess with our society? Of course he is, 100%. But it always goes too far. Mm. So some of these specifics from the uh, Twitter files... Um, by 2020, Twitter was struggling with the problem of public and private agencies bypassing them and going straight to the media with lists of suspect accounts. In February 2020, as COVID broke out, the Global Engagement Center, which was a fledgling analytic intelligence arm of the State Department, went to the media with a report called Rush Russian Disinformation Apparatus Taking Advantage of Coronavirus Concerns. These guys flagged accounts as Russian personas and proxies based on criteria like describing the coronavirus as an engineered bioweapon or uh, blaming research conducted at the Wuhan Institute. Wait a minute. The State, Depart State Department used as evidence that you were a Russian proxy because you thought the research conducted at the Wuhan Institute deserved some scrutiny. That's something. Holy crap. Or maybe you attributed the appearance of the virus to the CIA, which to me would be pretty crackpotty. But anyway, a state also flagged accounts that retweeted news that Twitter banned the popular U.S. Zero Hedge, which is a website I check fairly frequently, claiming the episode, quote, led to another flurry of disinformation narratives. Zero Hedge had done reports speculating that the virus had a lab origin. Then the GEC, this fledgling group, uh, still led directly to news stories like uh, headline Russia-linked disinformation campaign led to coronavirus alarm, etc. Um, 
and then let scrolling down uh twitter reaches out this uh yuval i think his name is yo roth um reached out and said to the state department among others we're happy to work directly with you on this instead of nbc in other words Hey, quit pushing these stories about foreign interference to the media. Come to us, and we'll work with you. Twitter was also trying to reduce the number of agencies with access to Roth, who was their decider there. If these folks like the House Homeland Committee and Homeland Security Committee and DHS, once we give them direct contact with Yol, they'll want to come back to them again and again and again. And so essentially they said, let's guys route it all through the FBI. The FBI will take care of all of this, the DHS and everybody who's got concerns. We'll meet with them regularly. They'll tell us what accounts to 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 quash and to suspend and and what uh you know what tweets to remove and and silence and that sort of thing. And as always, and we could go into detail. I wish we had time because it's so interesting, but um as always they went way, way, way too far. And and extended into anything that was the least bit Trumpy, or even people saying, "Look, uh, we need to test this ivermectin. I hear it works. Nah, you're out." According to the government, you couldn't discuss that publicly. That's, Does that not bother you? That's amazing. I know it's and unbelievable. Again, it's also amazing that nobody is interested in this story. Yeah, being reported yeah. by one of them. Yeah. Twitter was taking requests from every conceivable government body, beginning with the Senate Intel Committee, which seemed to need reassurance. reassurance Twitter was taking FBI direction. Execs rushed to tell the Senate Intelligence Committee that they zapped five accounts on an FBI tip. Yes, we're doing your bidding. We're doing it. They rushed to assure them. And again, it was sins like saying, hey, that Wuhan lab is infamously sloppy with their safety, and... The outbreak was in Wuhan. Shouldn't we look into that? Eh, you're banned. I would love to hear from Taibi how many friends he's lost over taking on this assignment. I'll bet a lot. I'll bet there's a lot of people that don't call him back anymore. Yeah. They've dropped out of his life. Yeah. Hey, a quick break uh, to bring you word from our friends at HelloFresh. You probably don't care what I ate for dinner last night, but Judy and I had this I do. Fabulous- I deeply, deeply care. You're so kind. Uh, we had this fabulous pasta dish. It was like, uh, I think, ricotta and spinach ravioli with some nice chicken in this homemade sauce. That if I'd ordered it at a restaurant, I'd have said, wow, I'll order this again. But we had it at home. It was a HelloFresh meal. It didn't take long to whip up at all. It was fantastic. I love it. We've been subscribers for a long time now. We've mentioned several times the number one New Year's resolution, so it's probably yours, is to exercise and eat better. And this is one of the ways you eat better with HelloFresh and you save money, by the way, which is another common resolution. Check out their new fast and fresh recipes like falafel bowls and Southwest pork and bean burritos ready in just 15 minutes. Oh, and right now we're on their like their healthier choices uh, section. But they offer dozens and dozens of recipes and the ingredients pre-measured, and you just whip it up quick in your kitchen. So if you're looking to get healthy, man, look into HelloFresh. Remember the code Armstrong22. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong22. You get 22 free meals plus free shipping with the code. That's code Armstrong22 at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong22. Oh, you know what? We'll have links. Uh, we'll post the links at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to go through this. Um, 
I mean, the Twitter threads are quite long and have links, and uh, the documents, the actual documents they got, uh, some of it's redacted, but most of it isn't very much. And the level of, I mean, if you read that the Nixon administration told Time magazine, don't praise this this person or this athlete because you know we think they're suspect and time magazine said all right we'll yank that story for you thanks for letting us know you think oh my god that's egregious overreach right that's the first amendment being trampled on but again very few care because of the tangential relationship to donald trump so uh, i came across this opinion piece in the new york post about i mean speaking of misinformation uh i don't know kelly jane torrance but Uh, She wrote, The View is the biggest source of misinformation in America. I don't watch The View, but they do say a lot of crazy stuff on there. And I I wouldn't make members of Al-Qaeda watch The View. I thought it was interesting. The New York Times called The View the most important political TV show in America. Jeez Louise. Which it might actually be, which is troubling. But anyway, the only reason I really bring it up, getting us back to the story of football and the poor guy whose heart stopped on the field on monday night and uh and whatnot the one of the view co-hosts joy behar boy is she a moron quoting her from yesterday's show 45 percent of americans i'm gonna do her voice 45 percent of americans think that tackle football is appropriate Heterosexual men voted the most support for kids doing football, and conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football, too. Just saying. So she attacked football as being something that shouldn't exist because, uh, you know, the guy's heart stopped on the field the other night and then blamed conservatives for it somehow. But anyway. um, Class A, moron. I've been kind of interested in the fact that this is football too dangerous conversation has been burbling up in various places over that from Monday night, because that was just a freak could have happened water skiing or lots of different things. Oh, sure. It's happened in baseball, for instance. Yeah. I mean, boxing. I, I, I'm not against the conversation of football and violence and uh, the brain injuries and all that sort of stuff, but it shouldn't come out of that particular instant incidents on Monday night. No, I was thinking about that uh, earlier. To call it a one in a million incident would be uh, would be way underestimating or way uh, exaggerating how common it is. How many tackles have taken place in the NFL? This is the first time it's ever happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a one in a billion possibility. Oh, and then moving it to the vaccine, which has been a popular thing for a lot of people, that clearly. I mean, that started within minutes of the guy going down, that it's another example. It's been happening all across the world, although I haven't seen any data that actually supports it, with all kinds of athletes going down because they got the vaccine. I don't don't know that that's supported. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. And yes, I know about the uh, cardiomyopathy. Thank you. Thank you for your email. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the coverage of uh, the young man, uh, Damar Hamlin. Shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. See, I don't know exactly how to interpret that phrase. I don't want to leap to the conclusion that, oh, he's great. He was just reciting uh, Chaucer from memory or, you know, naming all of his best high school buddies, and he's just fine. Yeah, you could I don't be, know what neurologically intact means. You could, couldn't you probably be neurologically intact but not able to walk or something? Yeah, I don't know. That's the problem. 
It's amazing to me, and I hadn't intended to criticize journalism, but it's amazing to me that the question that leaps almost immediately to practically every mind that the journalist doesn't think of. Yeah, right. Maybe they're just too busy. I'm just being charitable. But um, what, does that, what does that phrase mean? Yeah. Does neurologically intact mean completely normal? Or not? Or does it mean the brain structure appears to be okay? But he could have all kinds of damage. Right. We don't right. know that. I'm From just... lack of oxygen, for yeah. instance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I hope the young man's fine. Obviously, what a nightmare. But Speaking of COVID, which I can't believe I was, uh, the newest variant has taken over. It is now. Oh, I was reading about that. It's gone from 3% of new infections uh, like a week ago. It is now 40% of all infections. So if you're going to refer to COVID, and you probably shouldn't, it's not Omicron anymore. It's XBB 1.5. And it is by far the most transmissible subvariant that has been detected yet. There is no way you could avoid getting the Omicron. I mean, if you were in a building with someone who had Omicron, you were going to get it. And this is more transmissible than that. All right. So whatever. Part of life. I just wonder how many of the illnesses I had, everybody I know had uh, over the last couple of weeks o- over Christmas and New Year's and stuff like that. I wonder how many of them were COVID. Probably a lot of them. I mean, you know, most people aren't even tested anymore. It's whatever. It's a cold, it's Omicron, whatever. So if we can squeeze it in this hour, some of the best and strangest tech devices at the Consumer Electronics Show for 2023. Oh, cool. I swear they have that show every two weeks now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, some of them are crazy. I love that sort of stuff. So we got that on the way. Stay tuned. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. George Santos is quickly becoming one of my heroes. <laughs> what a hilarious character this guy is. Got more on him to kick off hour four of the Armstrong and Getty show. If you don't know who he is, he's a lying congressman. And I repeat myself. 
He's no bigger fraud than Joe Biden, but he's uh, nah, he's he's a different he's a different category. He yeah, is, he's less tethered to reality. He's a nut. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So some pretty interesting and amusing reporting from the uh, Consumer Electronics Show by Chris Velasco and Tatum Hunter in the Washington Post. They picked out some of their favorite and, and strangest things they've come across, including the uh, OVR technology standalone wearable thingy you put on your i guess ear uh it's it's essentially smellovision to add the sense of smell to your virtual reality experiences because smell is an incredibly important thing to our limbic systems deep in the animal brain which influences emotions and behavior your limbic system um i uh haven't they been promising me smellovision since like 72 He's a naysayer, folks. Don't listen to him. There are limits, of course. Lingering smells tend to blend into one another, so OVR must make its whiffs short and distinct as possible. And some smells don't enhance the experience. Does anyone want to smell blood in a shooting game? Ugh. We tried OVR's headset. Uh, The virtual rose we plucked from the virtual ground smelled floral one day and peaty on the other. An oceanside smelled like lavender. A waterfall was oddly vanilla-ish. Uh, so they're still working on it. Yeah, Let- I feel like it's going to be like 3D was in the early goings. They've always got to like really emphasize this is smellovision. So look, here's a rose. <laughs> like in the early, scent. like in right. the early days of 3D. Here's an animal coming right at you. <laughs> <laughs> Let your Samsung TV give you a checkup. Oh, uh, blah blah blah. The uh, the camera that you buy separately and plug into your TV. Um, we'll, we'll take a close look at you and, and get a bunch of health uh, measurements. Um, blah, blah, blah. Mm. The new health monitor app will use it to peer at your face and measure vital signs like heart rate, breaths per minute, blood oxygen saturation. Okay, my watch is doing it. My Fitbit's doing it. My TV's doing it. I think I got enough data at this point. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So you're not impressed by that. Haven't you always dreamed of being able to analyze your pee at home? Your urine contains all sorts of clues about your health, oh, but usually... You didn't, you didn't use your line that you always use. Well, hang on a You're second. in luck. I was just going to... I was getting to it. Okay. I thought you'd uh, skipped... I was getting to I it. I thought you'd skipped your own catchphrase. No! you got to be patient. <laughs> your pee contains all sorts of clues about your health, but usually it takes a trip to the doctor to start decoding them. If you found that just too frustrating you're in luck <laughs> anyway the device called you are a child <laughs> the device called you scan measures the makeup of your urine and delivers insights to an app on your phone it's a the sensor looks like a palm-sized white disc that sits under the front rim of your turlet bowl man we're you getting pee standing up you'll have to make some adjustments we're getting lots of health data no doubt about it all right, so uh, you don't care about your pee? Start a party from your fridge. It's a new refrigerator from LG, the Mood Up Fridge, whose door panels, the entire front of the thing, can light up with 23 different color options, wow. including combos and uh, flashing, I think, and my stuff like God, that. My God, my ship has come in. <laughs> a party fridge. A party fridge. <laughs> and if you like your pillow, except it just doesn't breathe. 
And I don't mean it gets hot in the night. I mean it doesn't have respiration. Well, the Japanese robotics firm Yokai Engineering is here to help. It lets you cuddle with a soft prototype of a f- cushion Ooh. that they say breathes. So it's like you're holding somebody breathing next to you. Yes. That's not weird at all. The pillow subtly expands and contracts. Uh, the cushion transforms from a normal breathing state to a slower, deeper pattern, mid-cuddle, wow. as if it's relaxing and going to sleep. So as we stop dating, stop marrying, stop having sex, now we've got pillows that breathe next to us. Oh, jeez. And I'm sure the pillow will have genitals soon enough if it's, you know, coming from Japan. Now, of course it's a J- Japanese. What is it with you? If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. We do four hours, you know. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.